everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we got Brian Davila with Rocket Cash Offer, and he flew in from Ontario, California, to talk about how he went from high school dropout to millionaire flipping houses. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, sales trainer for some of the top wholesalers in the country, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. Uh, one question I get a lot is how do I become one of the 100 millionaires? And the information on the podcast alone really is enough for you to become one in the next five to seven years. Take consistent action and you will become one. When you hear a nugget, please type in the comment section. After the show, identify your single identify your single biggest takeaway and focus on just that for the next seven days. If you get value today, please tag your friend below, share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together and this is a live show. So please ask your questions for Brian to answer. You ready? Let's go. <laughs> all right. So first question is, what got you into real estate? All right. So I'll bring it back a little before that. So um, because of the title of the video. So uh, I was born in Puerto Rico and uh, I moved to Las Vegas when I was like five years old. Uh, grew up with a single mom. And uh, around 15, I started uh, really struggling with school and kind of like dabbling or doing drugs. So around like the ninth or 10th grade, I just stopped going to high school and um, kind of started working. Um, so I did that until my early 20s. And then um, I was working graveyard at the Palms Casino in Las Vegas. And then I was working at the daytime at a pool club in Las Vegas. And um, I also had a barber shop at the same time. So I was all over the place. And the barber shop was failing. Like it was, it was literally just losing money and I knew it was about to close. And uh, I was sitting in there one day, just like, man, like this sucks. Like, I can't believe this is about to fail. Like I, I invested like 10 grand into this. And um, this dude drove up, uh, I saw him get out of a nice car. It was like a Mazda. And um, at the time, I think I had like a Dodge Intrepid, like a old beat up car. And he had a big watch. He had like a Nixon watch. And I was like, damn bro, like, what do you do? He was like, oh, I do real estate. I was like, damn, like how much do people in real estate make? It's like around 50 to 60,000 a year. I was like, damn, like I work two jobs and I don't think I make that much. So um, he referred me to uh, Key Realty in Las Vegas and uh, I started off as a real estate agent. So this is gonna be really personal. Of course. Dabble, what does dabble mean? Okay, so I, I kind of downplayed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was addicted to drugs. <laughs> I was literally like, I wanted to do it all day, every day. So hopefully some people can relate to this you know, if they're listening, like I started off in a very, very bad place, like mentally, uh, spiritually, financially, all that stuff. But, um, I think real estate really well, it was like three things, real estate, um, my wife and my kids really like got me to, to change my habits. Well, and, it, and the reason why I'm asking this question is because there are people, right, that are mm -hmm. that are listening that are very wide, different spectrum of where they are. On of course. Journey, right? Yeah. You got guys that are crushing it. Mm -hmm. You got guys trying to do their first deal. We got guys that are, you know, like, it's college right for me. And of in that subset of all of it, there are some people that also have their own demons, their own battles. Probably not everyone, probably. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's important, you know, to, to, to share, like, 
if you had these battles that yeah. A, you can't overcome it and B, yes. there's something, you know, on the other side when you do. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I always tell people too, when I first meet them, I'm like, dude, I'm nothing special. I'm literally not like better than anyone else. Like I was so hooked on drugs. Like I wouldn't even, I'd wake up, smoke, mm-hmm. go to the gym, smoke, do this, smoke, do that, smoke on the weekends, get completely drunk. Like I lived that lifestyle for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I tell people like, Hey, you know, if, if I can come back from that, then you could come back from whatever you're going through. Yeah. And then uh, you said the Palms casino, is that yep. where the Rio is? It's across the street. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the one that, at the Rio. I'm just thinking like, you know, my visit, visit there a couple of times, you know, trying to play some poker. Um, okay. So you met this dude who appeared to be balling. Yeah. Making yeah. 50, 60,000 a year. Yep. And you kind of had that Wolf of Wall Street moment, like you show me what you do, show yeah. me your check, and then I'll work for you right now. Exactly. So you yeah. went and got your real estate license at first. Yep. Key real estate. What year was did you get your license? I think it was like 2016, I think it okay. was. So five years ago. Yeah. So five years ago, you go get your real estate license, yes. and you love it happily ever after. No. So, <laughs> so what happened was when I was at Key Realty, we had a teacher, his name was Teddy, uh, he was a character, like literally a character out of the movie. And um, he was a big, bigger dude, really big and uh, old. And he was like, yeah, you know, my first year I made $100,000. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you made $100,000? Like, I'm used to like people making 30000 Like I grew up with a single mom. Like she was a cocktail waitress. There was nothing like... I bought my first car off the street for like $1,500. So I'm like, you made $100,000. Like, what is going on? And that's what really like got me motivated. And then um, he had, a, he had a, a speech at the end of one of the classes. And he was like, you know, uh, you know, you could do whatever you set your mind to. You know, one of those kind of speeches. And after that speech, during the speech, I left and I went and got a BMW because I felt like realtors needed a nice car. So I got a BMW. I quit one of my jobs, the the Palms. And then um, once I got an escrow with my first deal as a real estate agent, I quit my other job at the <laughs> at the You're fast casino. Moving. Yeah, I, I literally quit. I didn't even like show up. I was like, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm like, I'm done cleaning up. Because I at the Palms, I used to just clean the bar. So it's not even like I was having fun. Like yeah. I was just cleaning the bar from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then I would sleep in my car or go home and sleep. And then I would get up and go to work at 11 a.m. in the hot sun. So yeah. it was like it's really like a bar back. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Gotcha. OK, so you go and get your first deal 2016. So mm-hmm. uh, were you on someone's someone's team or? Yep. 100 percent. Yeah, I, I joined someone's team. So once I got my real estate license, I was like, okay, I don't know nothing. Like, I don't know escrow. I don't know nothing. Like, I, I don't have any idea. And you don't really learn much in real estate school anyways. <laughs> so I was like, what do I do? And then I, I heard about this guy named Craig Tan. So I looked him up on Zillow. And then I seen that he had a bunch of listings. And then I seen that he had a few girls that worked for him mm-hmm. on his team. So I'm like, well, this guy's balling. So yeah. I got his address from Zillow and I walked into his office and I seen him walking by and I was like, Hey Craig, uh, my name is Brian. 
I really want to work for you. I don't know anything about real estate, but whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. And he was like, okay, come back tomorrow and we'll do an interview. So then I left. I went and bought dress clothes because I didn't have any, like I bought some like express shirt and like some pants and went to the interview. And my whole pitch was like, he was like, I was like, hey, dude, I don't know anything. But if you tell me to do something, I'll do it Mm -hmm. and I'll do it in a hurry. That's it. And he was like, okay. And I think that's a great message, actually. You know, it might seem like, you know, you you had no idea what you're doing. Yeah. But it's that, look, I don't know but I want to help you. I want to work with you. I want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Show me the ropes. Yeah. And I think if there were enough people with that message, right, mm-hmm. when they're reaching out to a mentor, mm-hmm. that'd be incredibly helpful. Cause I get some messages and it's like, yeah. they're like, hey, you know, can you call me? Or can we jump on a call? It's like, no, yeah. no, I can't just jump on the call. Like yeah. I have other things going on. Yeah. And so the fact that you walked in with like, I don't know what I'm doing, Yeah. but I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Yeah. You're more likely to get help from a mentor. Yeah. And I would have done it for free. And I didn't negotiate my splits. I didn't, I literally was like, dude, you tell me to freaking walk <laughs> down the street. I'm going to walk down the street. Yeah. So he told me that he was like cold call and you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So that's what I started doing. So you just started hitting the phones. I started hitting the phones. I w- literally, uh, I got Red X mm-hmm. and um, got my cell phone like dialed. The first person that picked up, they're like, hello? I was like, oh, shoot. I just hung up. <laughs> I was like, I don't so know. So for these guys who don't know, Red X is kind of like, um, uh, not a prop stream. I guess, is that the closest? Like a property radar. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's like a property radar. You go, you find out people in foreclosure, and you have their phone numbers. It was so. expired. Okay, I wasn't so. even calling foreclosures. <laughs> I was just calling expired listings. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so you were cold calling mm-hmm. right off the bat. How long was that journey as far as the traditional side? Mm, I think that was till like 2018 mm-hmm. and then um 2018 the very first thing that i did once because I, I had two years of tax returns i bought a house mm-hmm. for my mom to live in because her house was like in foreclosure or we had to like a do a short sale or something like that so um that was like my first like investment i guess was buying her that house to live in gotcha mm-hmm. um but that was still on the traditional side of the business. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was still just a realtor. So your first two years in this journey, you were a realtor. Yep. First and foremost. Yep. When did you start, you know, kind of like looking at yeah. other options? So um, so when I started in 2016, I was in Vegas. And then I met my wife. And then I moved the next year. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in California... I was like, man, like there's not a lot of expired listings where in Vegas, there was a lot. So I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I moved over here. This is not working. So then I was on YouTube and I saw NODs. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna call NODs. Um, Started calling NODs and then I started doing short sales. And then I did a few, I did a, I don't know, a few, a bunch of short sales, but they take long, like six months to a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was negotiating them myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I would call every, every week pretty much for an update and like, what do you need? You know, what's going on? And, um, I noticed that investors kept buying them because they were like beat up houses. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was like, okay, like these people keep buying. I'm like, how much are they making? So I kept asking like, Hey, how much do you make? Like, how much are you making on this? And they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. Like you're killing it. <laughs> like just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be a superstar. And I'm like, okay. 
that's a red flag. So then um, I ended up speaking to one guy at my office that was pretty cool. And I was like, dude, like, how much are you making on these flips? He was like, oh, I make, you know, prices have gone down, but I, I've made around 60000 average. I'm like, dude, I just did this short sale for this $150,000 house for six months to a year, mm-hmm. and I'm paying 20% of my commission, and I gave you know stuff back to close the deal, <laughs> and you're making $60,000? So that's what initially sparked my, my interest into being an investor. Got it. And then you didn't just stop, though, short no. sales. No, so I then you started it. trying to buy your own short sales or what was the next no, thing? No. So I, I always uh, try to be like, do things the right way. So mm-hmm. I, you can't really, you're not supposed to buy your own short sales. You're not supposed to. Yeah. You're not supposed to. So I didn't try. Um, but I did start buying from like wholesalers. Got it. Yeah. And then at this point, zero flipping experience. Zero. I bought my first flip with no experience at all. Yeah. Okay. No. So then how was that journey? So my very first, I, so I kind of bought like three at the same time. Because that's how I am. I'm like, I'm, when I want to do something, I'm like. I mean, this is by a BMW with no commissions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so my one of my first ones, um, the wholesaler was selling it with a tenant. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay, you know, I think the numbers work. I had no calculator. So I, I thought about flipping for so long, but I never did it. So there was a long period of me thinking about it, but not doing it. Thinking as in speculating or researching or... Just thinking. I wasn't dreaming. even... Dreaming. Dreaming, yeah, pretty much. I, I wasn't smart enough to be like, let me call a whole, uh, hard money lender. I mm-hmm. was just like, I don't know how much they cost. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just stuck at that point. So um, uh, so around, I think, 28, 2019, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go all in. I'm going to just figure it out. And um, bought my first deal with a tenant in it. And um, he was supposed to move out. But then, like, the day we closed, I called him. I was like, I think his name's Larry. I was like, hey, Larry, like, just to let you know, I'm the new homeowner, you know. So when do you plan on moving out? (laughs) He cursed me out. (laughs) (laughs) Said he's never moving out, you know. Said it was his house, all this nonsense. And, uh, yeah, so I had to go through the eviction process in California, which takes forever. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But then that house didn't need that much work. So I was like, all right, this is good. You know, I paid a, I paid a guy $15,000 just to paint the house. It was like a thousand square foot house, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, ended up, you know, everything went well, sold it. And yeah, that was like one of my first flips. Um, is this around the same time that you and I initially connected? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think around twenty. Because I remember you drove you drove out here. That was that was that that was before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was before. I all drove right. out here to for the all in event for yeah. freedom. Right. Yeah. You drove out here, pick our minds. Yeah, yeah. Just showed up <laughs> to your office. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you some questions? Or else I was like, yeah, sure. I guess. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I kind of just showed up to your office. I'm like, hey, you want a mastermind? Can I post this on Instagram? <laughs> But yeah, so, but then like I, I did a few flips and then I was talking to Ryan, mm-hmm. Ryan Pineda. Um, he wasn't mentoring me yet, but I was already like picking his brain. Mm-hmm. And well, he, cause I think you drove down from Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. time, that trip. Yeah. I, th- no, no, I drove from California cause oh. I was already from California Got at it. that time. But yeah, around 2018, 2019, I started picking Ryan's brain because mm-hmm. he didn't have a, a following. So I was right. like, all right, this guy's like a, 
he's like a stock that's not you know gone up yet so um started picking his brain and then he started kind of helping me and and that helped a lot in the beginning so let's talk about uh or just real quick uh so you're cold calling were you using mike ferry systems or pretty much mike ferry yeah so my my broker who who was my first mentor he was a mike ferry agent so craig tan or whatever yep craig tan so so for those of you guys don't know like mike ferry he's a cold calling like monster yeah right and uh someone that actually uh, i i tell um Brandon Daniels, he's like a cooler, younger version of Mike Ferry. He's pretty much, yeah, the new Mike Ferry, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, uh, all right, so you, you go and you start flipping houses. Mm-hmm. You're the kind of person that just kind of goes all in. 100%. Yeah. You don't dabble. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go broke. My whole mindset was, I'm going to file bankruptcy or I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> Either way, I don't care. I swear to I was like, I don't care what happens. I'm going to just put all my money in. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, then I, I tried. All right, so this is definitely not recommended for you guys to buy three <laughs> flips at the first at, at the first flip. Just do one at a time initially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what did your wife have to say about all this? Dude, my wife, you know, I love my wife, and obviously, she I couldn't be here without her. But she was like, "Why? Why are you gonna buy that house? It's like ugly." <laughs> like, why are you gonna buy that house? It's in Myrna Valley. Like, mm-hmm. that's a bad area. But I'm like, yeah, but you know, if we flip it, we can make money. And she just. She didn't understand, mm-hmm. so I, was she freaking out about all this? No, because I've always uh, I've always been like the financial leader or whatever, mm-hmm. so she never had to really like worry about it. Yeah, I'm just asking this because in my own personal experience, right? Like mm-hmm. my wife and I, we just move at different speeds. Southwest. Yeah, me and I, my wife I, too. Yeah, I'm not, you know, buy three flips at a time, but I'm definitely going hard, right? Yeah. So for for us, like if we you know we hit our goals. And then we set our next set of goals, and my goals are like 10x what her next goal is, right? Yeah. And it kind of drives her crazy. That's why I was asking about that. Yeah. Okay, so you pay $15,000 uh-huh. uh-huh. to paint a thousand square foot home. Yeah. Yeah. Overpaid. <laughs> That's not California prices. That was getting kind of uh, highway robbery prices. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And so was that, you, used, you didn't use the same guy for all three houses? No. No. So one house uh, was just, he was just like a painter. He was just referred to me. Another house, I partnered with uh, the investor that told me about the sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. So I actually was able to buy that house with nothing, literally nothing, out of my pocket because um, he was nice enough to to JV it with me, and that's kind of what I do a lot of now. But um, I, it was a good deal. Like the ARV was like four fifty, and we got it for three hundred. Mm-hmm. And then he was trying to like give me a wholesale fee or whatever a relist. But I was like, nah, dude. Like, yeah. I want, I want a JV, or I'm gonna just find someone else. So, the one, the first one that you spent 15k, did you make money in that deal? Yeah. So yeah. you made money in that deal. That's different than the eviction one. Uh, no, th- I made money on that deal. Okay. That's the eviction one, the 15k okay. to paint it. <laughs> so you had to evict the guy and then pay 15,000. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you still made money in that deal. Yep. That's fantastic. Yeah, I got lucky. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you did three. Uh huh. A little crazy. Hmm. What'd you do after that? Um, I joined, I did, I ended up doing like another couple that year. And I think that's when I joined Ryan's coaching, mm-hmm. which I think was like in 2020. I don't, yeah, I think it was 2020 is like when I joined Ryan's coaching. Gotcha. Okay. And so you didn't really do that many. You did like between five yeah. and eight. Yeah. Probably and five and six. I don't even think I did eight. Okay. Yeah. So you, you do that. Yeah, because I started Ryan's coaching 2019, I remember, okay. at the end of 2019. 
And then that propelled you. Like, what 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 did you gain there? And I'm asking this question because uh-huh. there are a lot of other people that like, I'll never pay for coaching. Of course, right? I talk to them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you have any hesitation? Because you're an no. all-in kind of guy. No. No hesitation. All right. So you go all in and you mm-hmm. you sign up for coaching. What was uh, what was that experience? Yeah. Especially because that was a new program for him. It was a brand new program, but I think um, I had faith, and I. When I first saw Ryan, right, like I said, he had no following. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, oh, he's his big guru. So I was talking to him already, and I'm like, okay, this guy's legit. And he was even like, he didn't have to. He's like, here's my P&L. I'm like, damn. Like, okay. like he's straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. So super straight to the point. So I was like, okay, like, I could, again, I could just try to figure it out on my own or I could just pretty much copy what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much that's what I'm doing. Just completely copied his business model. And uh, so I paid the money and I was just like all in. Okay. So you joined his program mm-hmm. and then you're still licensed? Yep. I'm still licensed today. How much traditional business are you still doing? Uh, zero. Like I haven't done nothing this year. Zero. <laughs> no, no. I had one buyer, but I couldn't come into escrow because it's too hot. <laughs> it is a crazy market. Yeah. Okay. So now you're all in. You're 100 flipping. Yeah. Well, flipping and buying rentals. So flipping, and buying rentals. Any wholesale? A little bit. Very little. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about the the flipping first, and then we'll talk about the the buying rentals. Mm-hmm. So, how much flipping are you doing? Right now, I have eight flips going mm-hmm. on and then I have five rentals and two wholesales but one of them one of the wholesales I don't know if it's going to go through but typically I want to do somewhere between 30 and 50 flips a year mm-hmm. and I would like to average around a $40,000 net per flip so 40,000 and yeah. that's net that's um easy is that the word I'm looking for that's that's something that can be done consistently 100% yeah okay and you're flipping in your market California California okay. and a little bit in Las Vegas Gotcha. Was Ryan have any problems with that? Uh, no, no, dude. Ryan, Ryan will literally like he gives everything. Yeah. So yeah, he's not like that. Okay. So how are you sourcing your flips right now? Um, wholesalers, realtors, MLS, texting, and I have some cold callers, but they're not a big source. Okay. So wholesalers. Mm-hmm. How are you sourcing it from wholesalers? How are you connecting with wholesalers? So that's why you have been a part of my you know, success because when I started watching your podcast, you know, that took me to the all in event and then I met wholesalers there. And then just like your little community, mm-hmm. uh, I meet a lot of people through there. So you've been a, a big part, um, and just networking, Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. I think okay. special. Well, that's awesome. Uh, what about realtors? How are you connecting with realtors? Uh, that I, since I was a realtor for so long, I was already like networking and meeting so many different realtors. So at the end that ends up like paying off a lot cause I've been, you know, a realtor for years. Yeah. So yeah. So your realtor is now sending you business. Yes. So I think cause that's one that I think is always fascinating to me that anyone's doing deals off, off the MLS, which is gonna be my next question. Uh, but anyone is doing deals off the MLS in this crazy market, the fact that they can still do it is really impressive. So yeah. what is your message to a realtor mm-hmm. to get them to sell to Brian yeah. versus all the other potential buyers in your market? Well, one, I'm like super giving. So I, I'll 
you know, JV it, flip 50-50. A lot mm-hmm. of my deals are like that. I'm like, dude, if you bring me the deal, I'll fund it and we'll split the profits. You know, we'll disclose and make sure everything's done correctly. But um, I'll tell them, you could pick the paint, you could do whatever you want, or you could just let my crew do it, whatever you want to do. Um, so that's one reason a, a lot of... That's realtors, a super attractive option. It is, because right. I wish that I had that option when I first started. Yeah, I wish I had that option too. Yeah. Because what we typically offer is both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. But not as great as 50-50. No, it's not. And I was I was that realtor before that would get those calls that'd be like, hey, Brian, uh, I'll give you the opportunity to represent me. Just sell me this deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you're giving me the opportunity. Thank yeah. you so much. Right. Like, yeah. And the other thing, too, is like I know on the realtor side, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, you know, I'll let you I'll let you list it. Right. Mm-hmm. But you get burned a handful of times. You're like, OK. Yeah. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. So like all these other newer flippers trying to get deals from realtors, mm-hmm. like realtors are jaded because of all the flippers that lied to them. Yeah. And so I actually went so hard on this mm-hmm. where I was like, I will send it to you, but you're paying my 6% today. Right. Okay. I'm double ending this deal. Yeah. And you're paying me my listing commission. That's smart. Now. Yeah. And then if you decide not to listen to me later. Yeah. Right. That's your problem. But yeah. you're paying me that, that listing fee now. Yeah. Right. That's the line I kind of drew. So I think this other option, uh-huh. like let's split it 50 50, I think it's a very attractive option for anyone listening right now trying to get deals from, uh, yeah. from realtors. Yeah. And I think um, I've always been very aware of my reputation. Mm-hmm. So California, even Las Vegas, is kind of a small market, especially in SoCal. It sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but if you just burn people all the time, you're going to get a reputation and I don't want to like have a bad reputation. So I'm very honest with people. Like I'll say, Hey, I can JV this or I'll tell them like, Hey dude, there's not enough spread. I give you this or we could do this, but I can't JV it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. All right. So wholesalers, realtors, and then you said MLS. MLS. Yeah. So what are you doing to separate Mm -hmm. yourself Separate yeah. yourself, set yourself apart from other people trying to buy off the MLS. So number one, you have to believe that it works because mm-hmm. sometimes <laughs> I tell people that <laughs> and they're like, that doesn't work. So then they're already, they're already lost. I know it works in Phoenix. I'm still surprised it works in Phoenix. Yeah. But I do recognize it, it does work in Phoenix, exactly. which is one of the craziest markets. It works in Vegas too. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Bokley brothers in the future flipper program, mm-hmm. they've made over a million dollars this year off the MLS. Really? Yep. So, wow. Yeah. So even, so it's just the same thing as like calling expired. It's like once a new, you know, distressed property comes on, you call, try to build rapport and then figure out what is it going to take to get that deal? Mm-hmm. Or even some listings that have been sitting for a while where it's been 120 days, just picking up the phone and calling. It's just like, if you tell me to cold call, I'm like, nope, it doesn't work. Well, yeah, it's not going to work. Definitely so, it's not going to work with that attitude. Yeah. So I guess... Your, is, there, is there a specific criteria on the MLS that you're looking at? To be honest, no. I mean, obviously, like, if I mean, you would lo- you call something that just hit the market today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would hit the market today. Um, any, like, I don't even really go after short sales. So mm-hmm. if I see, like, a probate or a trust or maybe a foreclosure, but usually, to be honest, they're not even, like, distressed sales. They're just, like, beat up or sometimes the agents aren't just that good of an agent. So, yeah, it's pretty much, you just have to put in the numbers and, and put in offers. Like, Got it. if you put in 100 offers, you'll get one. Uh, we don't buy a lot off the MLS, but we did one deal 
I'm convinced they used an iPhone 4 last year <laughs> to take the photos. Yeah. And that was a great deal. We bought it for 200 and, and relisted it like a week later for 270 Yep. And there's some there's some agents who will put one picture up. Yeah. And then I'll call. I'll get it locked up. I'll show up. I'm like, this house isn't even bad. Yeah. But they're just, they're not good agents. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So no filters whatsoever. You're just calling them. Mm-hmm. Building rapport. Yeah. All right. And what was the other... Um, what was the other method? Cold calling and texting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're still texting. Yes. What platform are you using? Because everyone's Ash. freaking out about texting right now. Not everyone, but a lot of people are. Yeah. I've heard rumors that was going to go away or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're saying probably July, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter to me because I don't, it's not, that's not even a huge part of my mm-hmm. business. Yeah. But um, I use Batch. Batch. Yeah. Okay. Um, what would you say... Going back to calling realtors, mm-hmm. the impact you had from the Mike Ferry co-calling program mm-hmm. and all your other co-calling experience, how much has that helped in you oh. calling realtors? It's like, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. Learning that. And it's never like the, the script is special, but just like understanding, asking people questions mm-hmm. and asking that second or third question, you know, is so important. What's the second and third question? So like if I'm talking to you and you're like, oh, I'm moving to Florida. I'm like, okay, great. You're moving to Florida. How much do you want for your house? Like that's not, (laughs) you know, like, okay, you're moving to Florida. Why are you moving to Florida? Oh, my daughter's there. Okay. Is there anything happening with your daughter? Oh, she's having kids. Oh, okay. When is she having kids? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like asking that second, third, fourth question Mm -hmm. um, is I got that from the Mike Ferry system. Right. Listening. Listening, yep. Listening to their answer. Yeah. And asking the question based off of that. Yeah. Yeah, Got pretty it. much. Okay, so that's flipping. Um, and then buying and holding. Mm-hmm. Are you buying and holding in California? Yeah. California, Las really? Vegas. Really? I know. I know. <laughs> but my my buy and hold is a little bit different, and I want to diversify and start buying some cash flowing properties. Mm-hmm. But um, and I'm still getting like houses that I could do the 1% rule, which sounds crazy, but. Really? Yeah. So um, let's just say- Is there a single family? Single family, yep. All, hmm. all single family. Um, and I own one duplex. But I, I want to get more multifamily now, but I'm still able to, to do the 1% rule. But obviously, I have to buy it below market value or else it's not going to work. Yeah. Where are you buying that the 1% rule applies in California? The Inland Empire. <laughs> really? Yeah. That is fascinating. Does it not scare you at all with um, A- being in a blue state yeah and then b with how hard they went on the eviction moratorium yeah it's, i'm still going through it right now yeah so you have properties where you're not collecting rent 100 percent. yep and you a can't lot. evict them yep and lot. that's not enough to discourage you <laughs> nope because i'm doing it for the long play okay i don't care if they pay rent right now that's that's why my my model is a little bit different because i have high income mm-hmm. so if I make an extra $500 a month, that's not going to really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. So even if I make like two, $300, but it's appreciating $100,000 literally in like the last two years, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take that. Got it. Okay. So the appreciation is more important. Yes. Than the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the depreciation doesn't hurt. Yeah. And the appreciation and tax write-offs, all that stuff. Got it. And then you're saying you just do a little bit of wholesaling. Yeah. What do you wholesale? Um, just properties that I don't want, like rather just like fire damage or like, 
it's in an area or maybe it's on a super busy street. Outside your buy box. Yeah. If it's outside of my buy box, then I'll, I'll try to wholesale it, but I don't even push that that much. Okay. But you're not trying to list anything. Um, no. And that, that only started when COVID hit. Before I was listing, mm-hmm. but then when COVID hit, I was like, I'm not going to go on this listing appointment. Yeah. Hell no. So um, that pretty much stopped after COVID hit. Gotcha. Okay. So what does your company look like today? So right now it's pretty much me. Um, I guess me. I like choose what to do. Mm-hmm. And then I have a transaction coordinator that helps when I'm like, uh, listing the properties or when I'm buying them, she helps like get all the paperwork done. And then um, I have VAs that are texting and cold calling. And then I have uh, an acquisitions manager that's talking to those leads that come from that source. Gotcha. So you're not having to deal with the realtors anymore when you're cold calling? No, I still I still talk to realtors because I feel like I've, I've already built a reputation and like they know who I am and they want to work with me. So I still... I still talk to realtors and gotcha. wholesalers. Okay. Uh, so you're saying you're targeting 40K mm-hmm. as an average profit, average net profit. Net, yeah. Okay. And that's before paying a JV split? That's net to me. Net I, to you. Net to me. So on a JV deal, mm-hmm. it's 80K yeah. of net. Yeah. That would be my All goal. All right. So what is your, I mean, let's talk about your average deal. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, uh, where, where's the market? Uh-huh. What are you looking for? So I buy in the Inland Empire, San Bernardino County, uh, San Gabriel Valley, uh, Orange County, and parts of L.A. I don't go, like, super far where, like, Hollywood is. Mm-hmm. So um, I try to buy a house, like, 100000 below the market value. Um, but the market is appreciating at such a fast rate that it's insane. Like, yeah. I had, we had a deal in La Puente that... It was supposed to sell for five fifty, and it sold for six fifty, and that was five fifty. Like we we were gonna already be good, so you know what I mean. Like yeah. the market is appreciating so fast in California that it's it's kind of easy to do that. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with Ryan, and uh, he was kind of making me feel a little dumb. He was like, "Why are you wholesaling at all?" I was like, "Yeah, because, we don't believe in that <laughs> because I can make fifty five on wholesale or seventy on the flip." And he says, "Yeah, but that seventy by the time you flip it is probably gonna be like a hundred. It's like it oh, is. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I, yeah, that's why I, I pretty much follow what Ryan says. So yeah. he's flipping everything. So I'm like, okay, I'm flipping everything. Let's let's do that. Um, any cause for concern as mm. far as, you know, your exposure to risk? Of course. Yeah. Um, because, you know, banking and appreciation. Yeah. Well, I don't kind of, bank on appreciation. On, on, on the yeah. rental property, the buy and hold. You, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, kind yeah. of bank on appreciation. Yeah. Any guess, concern? Yeah. Like, do you, does that keep you up at all? Or are you just like. No, because, I mean, California is so populated. It's like, how would the prices go down? And mm-hmm. I'm buying them below market value already. So if I could get a house like 50 to 60%, it's like, okay, like the market would have to drop 50%. And yeah. it's it's all long-term. So as I'm saying, I don't care if I make money right now. These are all long-term. Like You're getting you know, such a good deal, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And they'll pay themselves off. So by the time I want to retire, like they're just like little bank accounts that are adding up right now. Gotcha. How much are you spending on marketing then? It sounds like you're not really intense on no, marketing. No, I'm not intense on marketing, but I'm only marketing now because of tax, because uh, I don't want to pay a stupid high tax bill. So I spend- Why not? 
because it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, patri- it's patriotic. Isn't it? Aren't you watching those uh, those campaigns? This is patriotic to pay your taxes. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for paying taxes, but like <laughs> paying fifty percent is ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I buy a lot of data, and I'm like, I have the textures, and I have the collars, but. Mm-hmm. I look at it as like a tax write-off and just like if I get a deal, great. But mm-hmm. even if I shut that down, it wouldn't really make a significant difference uh, Yeah, difference in my business. So predominantly is to reduce your, your, your um, taxable income by increasing your expenses. Exactly. What about <laughs> overhead, running your organization? Um, so since I'm still a realtor, my brokerage pays for my office. Mm-hmm. So I don't even have Even if you're office. not doing deals. I'm doing deals. I'm still listing. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I still do listings. I support their escrow whenever I can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm still I'm still doing listings. So listing your properties though. Yep. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And you're paying them a split on those? No, I'm at 100% brokerage. And they're still paying for your office? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's yeah. Very nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're wearing a shirt right here, Future uh-huh. Flipper. What is that about? So um, I started. Uh, getting mentored by Ryan. Mm-hmm. And um, last year, um, I was like, dude, I want to like help coach young, you know, newer investors. So um, we kind of are doing a partnership. We have the rookie program, which is like teaching people how to start flipping and wholesaling and buying rentals. Mm-hmm. And then he has the all-star program, which is for people who want to learn how to scale their business. Gotcha. Uh, why did you want to get involved in mm-hmm. the rookie program? I felt like I just wanted to help. I mean, even before I got into real estate, I I used to volunteer and like help kids. So I've always wanted to help. So I was like, you know what? Like there's there's enough for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then even in our in our rookie program, there's people from across the whole United States. So it's not like every student is in California. Right. So just 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 to pretty much help. Okay. You got a lot of love here. Uh, a lot of people really, uh, big fan of yours. Uh, is it the Bockley? What is it? The Bo- Bokley brothers. Bokley yeah. brothers. Yeah. yeah. So Landon says, let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got a lot of love here. Um, talk about walking out on wet. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> that's wet Republic. That's the club that I left. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, Eric says you're a cold calling beast. Uh, so Ben wants to know if you can have coffee with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Um, I mean, like obviously some of my family members that passed away, but if I had to pick someone famous, probably Donald Trump just for like entertainment, (laughs) just to talk to him. It would definitely be entertaining. Um, he's actually, you know, uh, my number one guest. Really? Yeah. I mean, if, uh, there's no one I would pay for, right? That people like, you know, you can have this person on the show. Like, why would I pay anyone to be on the show? I would pay, right. To get him on the show. I think it'd be a very fascinating episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Um, uh, Kevin Crossman uh, wants to know how important is it to have your partner support you in your business? That's tough because I didn't have the support. You know, like my wife did take care of our kids. You know, she takes care of the house. She makes sure that I don't really have to worry about that much on that part, which I think is very important because if I was a single father, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. Um, even being here, like if I had three kids at home, I can't just, you know what I mean? Just put, put them in the next room. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I would say you really just need to support yourself. Like mm-hmm. you need to have faith that it's going to work. And, you know, when I first started, even my mom was like, don't be a real estate agent. Like, 
you know, that's, that's risky. Like the market crashed and remember I almost lost my house mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, yeah, but I'm just going to do it anyway. So, All right. and Alexis wants to know if you have any cold calling tips since you're a cold calling machine. Um, I would just say, make sure to time block and put in the hours. Don't like cold call and be on Instagram or, you know, cold call and watching YouTube at the same time like really sit there and focus. I think that's one thing that I really did when I used to cold call was I was really, really focused. Like I treated it like I was in the NBA finals. Like mm. I would show up in a suit. I would be like, don't talk to me. Like I am, I am, I would drive to work. I remember I would drive to work and I'm like, okay, I need to get a listing today. Like I need to get a listing today. I have to do it, you know, show up, get on the phones. And I'm like focused on that. I wasn't focused on 20 different things mm -hmm. and cold calling at the same time. So you're very intentional with your time. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And is that wearing a suit again, going back is this, is that a Mike Ferry thing? Yep. Cause Mike he's Ferry. always wearing a suit. Yeah. Yeah. You have to wear a suit. You got to show up <laughs> dress for success. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's see. Uh, I'm in California bellwether. So, uh, there, there's a lot of love for your 50, 50. I think we're going to try that here. Uh, Victor Ty do you, wants to know, do you ever do any creative financing? No. no. Any particular reason why? Uh, it's not in my business model. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have to do everything. I'm yeah. already doing something that works, so I don't have a shiny object. Gotcha. I want to know what you think about that, but. Me? Yeah. I mean, me personally, uh, I, I've always thought it was a little bit of a distraction, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we're looking at how many opportunities we've thrown away. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I've, I've met so many people who are successful, you know, flipping and buying rentals and I haven't personally met anyone, you know, that was like, Hey, I only do creative financing and mm -hmm. I'm killing it. You know, there are people who are, but I haven't met them. Yeah. You know? uh, so I've met a handful. I mean, there was, um, uh, Leon Johnson, you know, uh, not him personally, but he knew someone that he, he's closely like mm -hmm. you couldn't share the name, but he's closely affiliated with someone that is half a million a month. That still flow. is not enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> half a million a month. No, that you, that you, you spoke to someone who knew someone. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. No, gotcha, yeah. I'm talking about like, I've been there, mm -hmm. been to Ryan's house, mm -hmm. been to Craig's house, been to a people's house. I'm like, damn, like, yeah, I so, see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I hear, I hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it, one of the reasons why is there's not as many people actively pursuing that. I think it's a small niche. Yeah. I don't know how many there is for me mm -hmm. when we're looking at, we're looking at purely as, um, as a, what's the word I'm looking for? Getting the last bit out of every opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So I'm not targeting it. Exactly. But you know, right now we're, we're training one of our guys within an organization and it's going to be like either if it's cash, 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 right? We're leading with cash. Mm -hmm. And if it's not cash, then we're going to look at innovation. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to look at creative and then we're going to look at listening. Yeah. And I think it's great. I mean, you know, all power to people who love yeah. the creative financing. I think that's great. But like I, like I said, I, I have something that's working. Mm -hmm. So why would I get distracted? Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I mean, that, that was my exact mindset. Uh-huh. But then we're looking at some of these opportunities like, oh, uh, man, okay. But then also look <laughs> at what you did. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> Things have been good. Yeah. But that's the entrepreneur, right? Like, it, no matter what you do, it's not good enough. Yeah. Like, you're, you're happy. Mm-hmm but never satisfied. Yeah. 100%. And that's, that's the trap that a lot of us fall into. 
Yeah. Like, man, we've accomplished these great things. But we could have done this. Yeah. Like, I could look at, right, because Ryan's a close friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, look at what Ryan's done. It's like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think that uh, there's there's definitely a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. But yeah. I, I always tell some people that I, you know, mentor or whatever, like, figure out what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Like, Ryan's great, and I look up to Ryan, but I don't want to... I, I was talking about this with my accountability group this morning. I don't know if I want to do a hundred flips mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want this big, you know, business. Like I, if I can make very high income and be building wealth, mm-hmm. that will make me happy enough. Yeah. So I definitely have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I would love to do a hundred flips. Yeah. Um, as long as I don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's the goal. Um, so Claudio wants to know as a CEO, should you be making calls in your business? And I think Claudio is a little bit different Mm -hmm. place in his journey. So do you think if you had an organization, you Mm -hmm. should still be making cold calls? Um, I would say that in order to be a good leader, you need to be able to like teach them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Ryan has his COO, which is Sean Bob, Mm -hmm. you know, Sean Bob talks to everyone, but Ryan still sometimes will you know, close a deal that they need help with. Mm-hmm. But if you never closed a deal before, how are you going to train someone else to do it? Right. I think his question though is, mm-hmm. should you still be cold calling? Yeah. Later on. Um, I don't cold call. I call realtors, so mm-hmm. I don't consider that a cold call. Mm-hmm. But um, no, he's more relationship bills based. Exactly. Yeah. Like if 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 I was in the Arizona market and I call you because I see you have a distressed listing. That's not really a cold call, mm-hmm. but if I was just like calling through a neighborhood, no, I don't, I don't think you should do that. I, I had to stop that. And Ryan had to like, tell me like, dude, like, why, the, why are you cold calling? Like <laughs> you're wasting your time. Yeah. So yeah, no. Gotcha. And then, uh, uh, Tim Serpy wants to know, how do you pitch yourself to incoming leads when a deal isn't in a deal and a switch to pitching a listing? Well, I, what I used to do is, um, now I don't do listings, but what I used to do was I would try to get them as a cash buyer. And then if they were just like too high, I would be like, Hey, look, like I know that I could like list this property and sell it for you within the next like 30 days. If we list it at this price, you know, um, I've done over a hundred real estate transactions. Like I know for sure I could get you out of here in the next 60 days. Mm -hmm. Do you want to try that? And then, you know, they say yes, great. They say no, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, So I'm just going to touch on this real quick, Timothy. Uh, So what we do is we'll go in there with a blank slate and we'll figure out what's going on in their situation. Mm -hmm. And then instead of going with two or three options, we'll just go in and say, okay, you know, given the conversation so far, it sounds like you're trying to get the most amount of money for your home. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, obviously. They say, hey, makes sense to me. Yeah. And then we'll pivot to a listing or mm-hmm. we'll talk to them. It's like, given the conversation we had so far, it sounds like this is something you want to get taken care of in the next 10 to 14 days. Like, yeah, yeah. aren't you listening? Say, like, yeah. All right, let me show you how we do that. So we mm-hmm. never um, come in with agenda. We come in with a blank slate. Yeah. And then we'll prescribe like a doctor would based off the questions. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not trying to teach you here. I was just trying to oh, answer no, that question. <laughs> uh, all right. So Kevin, being so successful and being a flipper, do you have any plans on uh, dabbling in new developments? Um, again, it's just like, no, <laughs> I keep it super simple. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep flipping, 
keep buying rentals. I I may transition into buying apartments. Mm-hmm. My goal is to be able to like completely retire by the time I'm like 35. So I You're not 35 yet. No, I'm 30. <sighs> so <laughs> so I want to buy uh, some apartments. That's yeah. the only thing that I would I would switch to is apartments. Uh, so let me ask you this because you're you're saying that you're teaching some of your mentees mm-hmm. to be focused, mm-hmm. well, not focused, but to figure out what makes you happy mm-hmm. and just build a business that supports that. Exactly. What makes Brian happy? Um, that's a great question. I think security makes me happy. I think that I like that I don't really have to worry about money. Um, that could change one day, who knows? But right now it's like, hey, you know, I could do this, I could do that, and I don't have to look at price tags, I don't have to budget it. I like that I could like, if my mom, if anyone needs something, like it's like done, I don't have to do it. I like that if I need something done, I could just pay someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think time, security, stuff like that. Um, So I guess as long as you've got that, you don't feel like you need to broaden and, and add yeah. other things to it. So I'm going to ask you a different question because okay. I also, this is me personally, right? Yeah. Um, my wife asked me, uh-huh. when's enough enough? Yeah. And I told her, is there such a thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so uh, the, and I go back to, you know, what Tony Robbins says, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts yeah. on, you know, staying in focus in this niche uh-huh. And staying in your lane, yeah. Compared to, mm-hmm. if you're not growing, you're dying. I think that not everyone fits every rule, mm-hmm. right? I, I, like I said, I, I, I was even thinking the other day. I was like, how come I don't want a Lambo? Mm-hmm. Like, because Lambos suck. Let's yeah, be yeah. But you know how everyone else is like, oh, I want a Lambo. Like, I want this. <laughs> I want that. I'm like, I just want to pay off my BMW. Like, I just yeah. want no car bill. Yeah. I want no mortgage. Like, mm-hmm. that stuff gets me excited. So I just like security. I just want to make sure that like my kids, when they get older, you know, they have a little fallback, or if they want to take over my portfolio, they can. That makes me happy. Like yeah. freedom makes me happy. I don't care about having the bigger, faster, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I think I always looked up to Warren Buffett and he was like, if you think, you know, adding another bedroom to your house is going to make you more happy, then you're wrong. Yeah, you that's, not, that's definitely not going to do that. Yeah. And yes, for the record, guys, um, I'm dead serious. I hate Lambos. <laughs> um, uh, Alexis wants to know, how are you hiring contractors for your project? That's a great question. So, um, Pretty much for me, it's always been networking. Mm-hmm. I've I've been burned by a lot of contractors. <laughs> My first story, I paid fifteen thousand dollars for something that should have cost a thousand dollars. So well, he um, had other bills to pay. Yeah, he had other bills to pay. He was an entrepreneur, so he, he won. But um, I think networking. I think a lot of people don't really look at their network as much as they should. Mm-hmm. I I one of my contractors literally. It was Christmas, and he was. We were, it was at my house and he was my wife's dad's friend. And I was like, oh, what do you do for work? He was like, oh, I, I fix up houses for realtors. I was like, what, what does that mean? And he's like, I just like, you know, they fix them up and then they sell them. I was like, show me, like, show me pictures or something. And then I saw, I was like, oh, wow, you're a contractor. I didn't know that. <laughs> and so I think really, really looking into your sphere of influence, well, you'll, you'll be able to find some contractors. Gotcha. I think that's a great answer. Uh, Rich wants to know who is Ryan 
And that's a great question. Who is Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's my mentor and he's the uh, CEO of Future Flipper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Ryan Panita, he's in Vegas. Um, he does a few deals. Um, let's see what else is there. The guys at B's rookie, rookie program is the best. Um, Call to the rookie squad. Yeah. Bosco says that you've helped transform his business, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Bosco, he's dude. I love Bosco. I love a lot of my students, you know, um, Bosco went through some hard times and I feel like no one ever talks about that. And that's why I, res- you know, have so much respect for him because everyone's like, look, I just closed this deal. Look, I just got this contractor. Look, my, my life is going great. And, uh, he was in the future flipper all-stars and I s- spoke to him when he was like in his broken down car, like struggling. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. <laughs> it's too late. We're live. Yeah. Sorry, Bosco. But then now like making really high income. So that's what I care about. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, I love like realness and to talk to someone and see them in their broken down car and struggling to see them, you know, crushing it for me is like huge. Yeah. It feeds your soul. Yeah. Uh, Raylan White wants to know who do you have managing your contractors and projects? Um, so pretty much me, but we, we, the way my system is set up is we do the exact same scheme over and over and over and over again. So there's not a lot of communication is like, you already know the floor paint, everything. Mm -hmm. I, I walk it like usually before we close just to make sure there's something that I like didn't see before. But besides that, I'm like, okay, this is a complete flip. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Tell me how much it is. And then, yeah. Gotcha. And then Bosco wants to know, struggling, he's struggling to keep up with his leads and follow-ups. Uh, what was your progression into hiring an acquisitions manager? Um, for me, my acquisitions manager is better at negotiating than me. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense. Like, I'm, he's just really good at it. So as soon as I could, I was like, please, you, you do it and I hope you make as much money as possible. So right away. Just the moment you can uh, justify it, afford it. I would say for Bosco, we we spoke about this already, but um, he should hire maybe a junior follow-up specialist or if he has someone who he thinks is worth it, just bring him on as an acquisitions manager. All right. And then Al Edmondson wants to know, how do you avoid a cash buyer who's trying to steal your deal? And what do you do if they try to? Um, I would just threaten them or I, I really don't have that problem to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I would just, well, it's because them. you're flipping it. Yeah. I'm flipping it. So yeah. If yeah. you're the buyer, you don't have to worry about that. Exactly. So I already have a contract signed. If people want to back out, then I'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, I can file this pendants or I'll try to figure out if they really want to back out for a good reason. Yeah. And then a uh, follow up question from Raylan. Are you compensating your contractors any special kind of way? Nope. They do a great job. So even sometimes I'm like, dude, this is kind of high, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pay it. Mm-hmm. And I let them know that I'm like, Hey, this is pretty high, but you know, hopefully, you know, things keep going great, you yeah. know, and good employees or good contractors, you should want to take care of them because someone would steal them if they could. Right. Everyone's always looking for a good contract. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, where was it? There was another question here from Eric. 
It's gone now. Um, is there such a thing as too much networking? Quality of network versus quantity. That's from Warren Rubin. Um, I think some people, like, they network, but they're just, like, they're networking without a purpose. Like, when I was a realtor, I remember people would go, like, oh, I'm going to this networking event with uh, other realtors and my title officer. I'm like, why? Like, what? What is? What is your title officer gonna do with you for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, what's the purpose? So, if you're gonna network, just make sure there's a purpose of why you're trying to meet people. Gotcha. Makes total sense. Uh, so, with your business model the way it is, what would you do if the market took a dip? Um, if the market took a dip, it's I would probably not happening anytime soon. But if it did, yeah, yeah. I was I was looking at our MLS, and we literally have the lowest inventory since the MLS started in California. As long as my career. <laughs> yeah. So if if the market shifted, maybe start wholesaling and listing instead of flipping. Mm-hmm. We did have like a blip in like, I think 2018 or 19. You remember at the end of the year, like they raised the interest rates mm-hmm. and then inventory went up and I kind of saw the market go down. Yeah. So I would stop flipping if, if that happened. Uh, and Eric wants to know, are you still flipping out of California? Other than Las Vegas, um, just California, Las Vegas, and I'm looking to buy like apartments in maybe like Indiana or like Ohio. So how are you managing the flips in Vegas? Um, that's a great question too. That has been a little bit more of a struggle to be honest, mm-hmm. um, because my crews are in uh, California, so I've done it all virtual, and it is a little bit harder. But I do have like friends and stuff that will do little favors for me, but it is harder to flip houses virtual. Yeah. Uh, what is your why? Um, like I said, I think my why has always been like my future and my kids, mom, my wife, all of their future. Like I don't want them to like struggle. I watched like I didn't, I kind of brushed over it, but like I watched my mom struggle, like cry. Like I watched that and I feel like that has helped me because now I, I take money serious mm-hmm. where some other people, they just kind of blow all their money and it's all fun and games. But then when you see the struggle, you're like, damn, like I can't just, but I think a lot of people saw, saw that struggle. Right. And yeah. I think we kind of all, all, um, not interpreted it, but processed it differently. Yeah. Well, so. some people, I don't know, maybe, maybe everyone, did you, did you see your parents really struggle? Yeah. I still remember like yeah. a fight they had. Cause like, you know, uh, my dad's paycheck was like 350 bucks and my mom washed it right in the washing machine. Ooh. And I still remember like this fight and it was like, you know, still like a traumatic, uh, mm-hmm. memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was pretty responsible with money. Right? Yeah. Uh, but there are other people that grow up uh-huh. without money yeah. and they blow every dollar they get. That's true. So, That's um, true. I guess the question I was going to ask as a follow up then is, do you meditate? Cause you seem to have a lot of clarity. No, I don't, I don't meditate, but one thing I did learn from Ryan is I do like think like I do a lot of thinking time. Yeah. Like yesterday I was just vibing in the backyard. I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but (laughs) the weather was super nice. I was like, damn, this is Arizona's not as hot as I thought, but, uh, I was back there for an hour just thinking of like things that I want, you know, just, just different things. So So thinking time. So maybe that, so not meditating. Mm Mm-hmm. But a good amount of thinking time. Yeah, yeah. Got it. What is your biggest struggle right now? Um, I would say taxes. Like, I, <laughs> I don't want to pay high taxes, so 
making sure that I'm ahead of the game, mm -hmm. making sure I'm like buying rentals and making sure I'm spending because I don't want to get hit with a tax bill at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I had that pain last year. I'm going to have it again this year. Not excited about that. Yeah. How do you stay motivated? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I'm not always motivated. That's the truth. Like, that's why I always say I'm not special. Like, I am not. There's some days where I'm like, I have anxiety and I'm like, crap, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I over leveraged? You know, when I when I bought my first rental, even though I was in real estate for so long, I didn't sleep that whole night when I opened escrow because I'm like, dude, what if the market crashes? What if I can't pay this $1,200? What if this? What is that? So, I mean, I just try to stay focused when I can, but I'm not always motivated. Gotcha. And what is your superpower? Uh, I would say listening. I've always been a very good listener, and I think I could pick up on stuff that people are saying without them actually saying it. So, yeah, I would say listening. Can you give an example of that? Um, I think... Like, let's just say I'm speaking to a lead and they're like, yeah, I, I want to sell. And I'm like, okay, you want to sell, but do you really, are you really going to sell? And they're like, uh, no, I don't think so. So it's kind of like, you know what I mean? It's kind of a, uh, you can find a little bit more context. Yeah. Um, kind of a, not a sixth sense, but something you can, you can hear more or read between the lines. Yes. And I think some people can't. And I, oh, I, I know a lot of people can. Yeah, yeah. And I've actually, so I, I used to have, uh, I used to be in like a bullpen right, mm -hmm. as a realtor. And an agent across from me would talk to an expired and come up, like the get off the phone and they, they'd have a whole story like, oh, this lead was this, this, and this. And then I would call that same exact lead and then come up with a completely different story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the, the type of questions that I'll ask and... Um, just really listening and I think um, I've never been like wanting to make money off of people mm -hmm. like I always make sure that I'm doing the right thing it's a win-win they're doing something that they really want to do so I, I was never like super pushy and like try to like have great sales skills mm -hmm. I was just more of like a listener yeah well I think for sure because I've had this comment made about me it's like how did you know that it's like you just have this gut feeling right? yeah you talk to somebody and you hear the words, mm -hmm. but you can't base everything off the words. No. Right? It's how they said it. I mean, like 50%, you can't even. Yeah. yeah, right? How they said it. What their body language was when they said yeah. it. And there's all these little things that I think it's a skill you have to work on, but there are also other people that just have it. Yeah. And I think. So it sounds like you just have it. Yeah. I remember when I first started cold calling, I got an appointment and Craig was like, how did you get this appointment? I was like, oh, I called her and I said if she wants to sell and she said yes, but she said she had a realtor. So I told her if she would be open to getting a second opinion. And that was just like off the top of my head. But <laughs> some people can't even do that. Do you have, would you consider yourself like a high eye on the disc? Uh, expressive? I'm a maverick. You're a maverick. Yeah, I'm a maverick. So you're and more driver. Driver, yeah. I've always been super driver. I think I've taught myself to become a little bit more analytical. Mm hmm because before I was just like, oh, get the listing, hand it to the TC, and that's it. Like, I don't know what else is going on. That's what you got to do as a cold caller. Yeah. So I was just pretty much a cold caller at yeah. first. Yeah. Gotcha. What's the greatest lesson you ever learned? Mm, that's a good question. Mm, the greatest 
lesson? What was your greatest lesson? And I'll think of mine. My greatest lesson? Uh, I won't say this is the best lesson, but this is a, a sad reality. Mm-hmm. Is you can't help everybody. Yeah. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, there are people that you want to rescue, people you want to save. And they just, you can explain it. You can educate them on it. You can want it for somebody more than them. Yeah. Yeah. But they can't do it. But you can't do anything about that. Yeah. And I've experienced that with agents that I've coached. Mm-hmm. I've had that with people that I've worked with personally. I've had that happen with sellers. Mm-hmm. You try to show them the light, show them how to do it. Yeah. But you can't help everybody. Yeah. I've and that's tried- a sad reality. I, I, mm-hmm. I wish I could. Yeah. I've tried to. And there's been people where I'm like trying to motivate them. I'm trying to give them everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll close your leads for you. But it didn't work. Yeah. But I would say a big lesson for me is just like confidence is very, very um, important. When I was starting off um, younger, I had no confidence at all. I felt like felt like I was too skinny. I felt like I was broke. Felt like I was going bald. If I, if I saw someone with a nice car, I'm like, oh, like they're rich and they have it all figured out. I don't. But then once you start working on your confidence, I feel like that could really be life changing. Yeah. Uh, Darren Hardy says that's the most important attribute, the confidence. Uh, What is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? I've had so many failures. (laughs) 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 I've had so many failures. (laughs) I like, I remember, have you ever got a a door slammed in your face? Yeah. Yeah. So I, all these little stupid failures, I feel like I love them because I remember like, I'll be like, Hey, do you want to sell your house? Boom. Mm -hmm. And I would just be laughing. I'm like, Oh, like this is why people give up because Mm -hmm. it makes them feel weird, but it it would just get me excited. So yeah. I remember when I was trying to get short sale listings and I go to these people's houses, right? And I would just print (laughs) the notes of trustee sales. Yeah. And I, so I just map it out. Like, here are the people who are going to foreclosure. And I'd go to the house and I'd door knock. Yeah. And I remember going, and the first guy's like, no, it was a mistake. It's like, you sure? Like, yeah. It says right here in the tax return. Like, that's a mistake. It's like, all right. Yeah. And just having a few people, like, uh, either flat out lie to you mm-hmm. or be extraordinarily mean. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. slam the door. It's it's very great experience for, yeah. young, for young agents, let alone uh, someone in this business. I, I do have one big failure from 2020. So I was like, I was on a mission to flip 50 houses in 2020, mm-hmm. right? So my business model today is not my, hasn't been my business model forever, business model forever. So tw- early 2020, before the pandemic, I was like, all right, I want to flip 50 houses. If I net 20K, that's a million dollars. So I told Ryan, I was like, dude, I'm going to flip 50 houses. You're going to help me. I think January, about like seven. February, I bought like seven, but I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting behind. So why don't I just start flipping in other states because they're cheaper? So someone sent me this deal in Georgia, right? Never been to Georgia. (laughs) I shouldn't have bought the deal. Bought the deal. Um, The wholesalers hooked me up with a contractor. The contractor ripped me off like... The, we closed escrow and the, the bid was 30. Like within the first five days, he's like, hey, here's a $15,000 change order. I'm like, why? Like, why are you raising the price 15,000? Oh, the house needs to be repiped. I'm like, is it leaking? 
no, it's just old. And I'm like, the house is built in the seventies. Like why, like, why are you saying it needs to be replaced? Oh, well you got to do the right thing. And the wholesalers, I was doing the JV thing. So the wholesalers like, yeah, he's saying we need to flip, you know, we need to like repipe it. I'm like, no dude, like, like no. So that happened. And then sends me another change order for like, hey, I bought these appliances for $7,000 more, you know, so, and your wholesaler signed for it, you know, so that was happening. I was pretty much just getting hit up for money. Then the freaking pandemic hit in March and I have all these houses and this guy ripping me off. And there was a point in March where I had like 10 houses and I only had three grand in my bank account. Mm. So it was, the stress was incredible like i was like holy shit like (laughs) and then obviously things start shutting down and i i was just so stressed i was like dude this sucks like holy crap i can't like remember i was like get rich or go bankrupt i was like you were doing it yeah i was like wow i can't believe i'm gonna go bankrupt yeah and luckily like some of the houses started closing and this contractor it's a lesson for everyone once it just starts to go off road, you need to cut it. I was so scared to cut him off because I wasn't there. He was just hitting me up for money, hitting me up for money, hitting me up for more money. And uh, the bid went from like 30, ended up being like 55. I sold the house like $50,000 less than what, than what I was supposed to. He was smoking cigarettes in the house. It was a disaster. And it oh, took, man. Yeah, it was, it, he, he ended up, I fired him. I had to call the police. I had to pay ADT to put an alarm system in there. And then he ended up putting a lien on my house for like, like 10 to like $7,000. And I'm like, how could you do this? Like, how is it that I'm stuck paying you? Mm-hmm. Cause I got the house in escrow, but I couldn't sell it without paying him. Mm-hmm. So that was like one of the worst experiences I've ever went through. Yeah. That sounds really rough. <laughs> yeah. So if that's why I tell my students now is like, hey, if give them one shot, but if they come back again with something that you're like, hey, this is for sure wrong, it's better to just cut it off. Mm-hmm. I, I let it drag out for six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to uh, make just a couple of quick announcements. So think about any last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with. Uh, guys, if you have value today, please like, subscribe, share, comment. This helps us. And the more you help us, the more we help other people. We just got to tell the algorithms, right? It works for uh, this great content. Uh, we do have our workshop coming up May 21st, May 22nd. If you're interested, go to disruptors.com slash workshop or send me a DM. And then we got the poker chips. You guys saw that. You guys saw the preview. We're going to start sending those chips out. Keep an eye out. We're going to share with you how to get those poker chips. Uh, what last thoughts would you like to leave the listeners with? I have, I have a few. So one, follow me on Instagram mm-hmm. at the Brian Davila. Um, if you want to learn how to start flipping or scale your business, check out Future Flipper. We, we do have a promo code. So anyone that comes from us, they're going to get a 30% discount for this podcast. And then um, my last thought, I guess, was this, the same thing I said earlier about the confidence. Like, you know, I'm not special you know, Steve's not special. Like, no, no. yeah, <laughs> Steve's special, but I'm just kidding. I tell yeah. people all the time that, yeah, we're, we're, we're humans just like everyone else. So just, you know, you just know that you're good enough. You know, you could set your mind, you could do whatever you set your mind to, but just take daily action and surround yourself with the right people. That's my superpower. 
I've always known that, that I need to surround myself with people who are where I want to be. Yeah. There's no one that's smarter than you. There's no one that's better than you, mm-hmm. right? It's really just whoever puts in the work. Yeah. Puts in the work, surrounds themselves with the right people. Yep. That's all you got to do. Yep. And have confidence. Awesome. Someone wants to get a hold of you. How do they do that again? Um, Instagram at the Brian Davila, uh, Future Flipper. If you go on there, you could put in an application. Um, or you could send me an email at brian at futureflipper.com. Awesome. Cool. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you. Thank you. And I really appreciate you having me on. Thank oh, you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. That's good stuff. <laughs>